Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Welcome to this short series called The Baton, that God has looked in every generation for those who will embrace His wisdom be the message, and become the messengers of their generation. Could that be you? I pray it will be. Take a listen to these episodes and be provoked to go deeper in your personal process of real, true discipleship and sonship with Him. Love you all. All right, so here we are in a little series I'm going to call The Baton. This is a word that God has been stirring in me, speaking in me for a while. I shared it briefly recently uh, when I was speaking at Cross Encounter here in Sealy, Texas. But this this thought that, you know, this is not some strange message that we're bringing. This is not some just weird way of living for the radical few deep, you know, people spiritually, It's not some elitist thing. It's the way that God has given. Jesus is called the way. And we read Paul and Peter, and we see this way throughout the scripture promoted. This is the way. Go in it. Uh, This is the way that Jesus himself went. And no servant is greater than their master, no student greater than their teacher. And if Jesus went this way... And if the guys hot off the press, like Peter and Paul, had to go this way, what makes us think we don't have to go this way? So this baton of this message, you know, because the the gospel was orally passed down and it was discipled and talked and and lived and, and iron sharpened iron and it wasn't some packaged, promoted gospel that is, you know, to make people feel better, but to get the message out of the screaming, powerful goodness of God and how he has provided for himself the way that man would be returned to him for his purposes, his way. This is all there's ever been. And throughout the generations, God has looked for those who would be uh, his messengers Now, of course, they had to become the message uh, to be the messenger. And they've passed that baton down faithfully throughout the ages. And I read these guys that talk about, and, and eventually in every one of their readings, whether it's Paul, Peter in the Scripture, Uh, if it's Watchman Nee, if it's A.W. Tozer, if it's Diedrich Bonhoeffer, whoever it may be throughout the ages, the Moravians in the 1700s, wherever, eventually they're going to out self for what it is. That's why here on Tent Talk at Nancy McCready Ministries, Tent Talk is the podcast, if you will, of Nancy McCready Ministries, we will never be promoting self-confidence, self-respect, self righteousness, uh, self-improvement, self-anything. I don't care how good it sounds. When you've been delivered from the good, 
you have been delivered from some of the most wretched evil that there is, the good of man. You know, years ago, uh, about 2002, because of an experience that I had, uh, God educated me on what I call a shrinking back spirit. It is a fawning, panicked fear. And I experienced it when I was in Kenya. And wow, what an education that I personally uh, came through in that. But when I returned home from that trip in the fall of 2002, God began to show me three major temptations. Now again, that was 2002. This is 2022. So 20 years ago, he told me three major temptations would come against the sons of God in mass in a very large, large way. I have watched it happen with increasing fervor over the years, and it's hitting its zenith right now. And, And those three major temptations that would come against the sons of the living God would be, number one, to trust in their own goodness, to be enamored with their own goodness, impressed with their own goodness. Number two would be to stand alone and just have a nice, charmed Christian life and only be concerned about me and mine and never be willing to go into the ground and die to the form that you're in so that you could truly produce, which is what the scripture says in John 12. And the third one was the temptation to shrink back, a gripping fear, not a feeling of fear, an atmospheric bondage of fear that is literally could grip your whole being, which of course then would uh, catapult you into anxiety and all manner of things. So those three temptations to trust in the goodness of man, to stand alone and to shrink back, I have watched over the years, I have watched them literally increase in their momentum, their velocity, their influence to, to literally cause the body of Christ to be seduced away from a pure and simple devotion to Jesus Christ. This is why the message of the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ, its full ramifications, its full purpose, must be known, embraced, imbibed by those who will be, if you will, the lead sons not because they're so shiny, sparkly, brilliant, you know, so organized, just so totally self-disciplined, all of that, that they'll then lead the body of Christ. No, I'm talking about those like Paul and Peter who had to be dealt with so deeply, the self within them had to be dealt with so deeply so that they would trust in him and only in Christ. And Christ would live in oneness with them and they with him and see the fruit and the production come forward like never before. And this is why the baton that they have passed to us and and the baton throughout the ages is is well stated in a a statement that I, I quote often that God is not looking for us to be original. He is looking for those in every generation who will be a succession of his wisdom, who will say what he's saying that will preach the pure gospel and cut through all of this other that has found its way in to diminish and to defile the body of Christ. 
One of those that has passed the baton down so well is A.W. Tozer. And when it comes to self, which I'm going to probably in the next couple of episodes, maybe three episodes, is I'm going to out-self by simply reading some excerpts from the writings of these men who obviously had to see self in their own life. They had to allow God to bring them into the full deliverance of it. They weren't going to settle for some faux fire, faux freedom, nothing fake. They were going to be taken by the Spirit of the living God into the truest freedom and the truest fuego, the truest fire ever. But self had to be dealt with by the deep, deep inner workings of the cross of Jesus Christ. We must come in to this. So here is just a little bit. Now, in my copy of the book, Pursuit of God, by A.W. Tozer, it's on page 46. And it's outing self, especially in its good. Oh, this is when we really, really, really uh, get delivered. It says, self can live unrebuked at the very altar. It can watch the bleeding victim die and not be in the least affected by what it sees. Talks about seeing Jesus crucified. It can fight for the faith of the reformers and preach eloquently the creed of salvation by grace and gain strength by its efforts. And to tell the truth, it seems actually to feed upon orthodoxy and is more at home in a Bible conference than in a tavern. Our very state of longing after God may afford it an excellent condition under which to thrive and grow. Self is the opaque veil that hides the face of God from us. It can be removed only in spiritual experience, never by mere instruction. Oh, let me read that again. Because we, my friends, cannot teach well enough to deal with self. It only goes out by spiritual experience led by Holy Spirit. It can be removed only in spiritual experience, never by mere instruction. We may as well try to instruct leprosy out of our system. There must be a work of God in destruction before we are free. We must invite the cross to do its deadly work within us. We must bring our self-sins to the cross for judgment. We must prepare ourselves for an ordeal of suffering in some measure like that through which our Savior passed when he suffered under Pontius Pilate. Let us remember that when we talk of the rending of the veil, we are speaking in a figure and the thought of it is poetical and almost pleasant, but in actuality there is nothing pleasant about it. In human experience, that veil, now remember he's referring to the veil of self. In human experience, that veil is made of living spiritual tissue. It is composed of the sentient, quivering stuff of which our whole beings consist, and to touch it is to touch us where we feel pain. To tear it away is to injure us, to hurt us, and to make us bleed. To say otherwise is to make the cross no cross and death no death at all. It is never fun to die. To rip through the dear and tender stuff of which life is made can never be anything but deeply painful. Yet that is what the cross did to Jesus, and it is what the cross would do to every man to set him free. 
Let us beware of tinkering with our inner life, hoping ourselves to rend the veil. God must do everything for us. Our part is to yield and trust. We must confess, forsake, abandon, repudiate the self-life, and then reckon it, count it, crucified. But we must be careful to distinguish lazy acceptance from the real work of God. We must insist upon the work being done. We dare not rest content with a neat doctrine of self-crucifixion. That is to imitate King Saul and spare the best of the sheep and the oxen. Insist that the work be done in very truth, and it will be done. The cross is rough and it is deadly, (laughs) but it is effective. It does not keep its victim hanging there forever. There comes a moment when its work is finished and the suffering victim dies. After that is resurrection, glory, and power, and the pain is forgotten for joy that the veil is taken away. And we have entered in actual spiritual experience the very presence of the living God. My friends, the only reason to embrace this way of life, this work of the cross, this baton that Tozer passes down to us, is that we might know him and come truly into the experiential presence of our Father. So Tozer closes out this chapter with this prayer. Lord, how excellent are your ways, and how devious and dark are the ways of man. Show us how to die that we may rise again to newness of life. Rend the veil of our self-life from the top down as you did rend the veil of the temple. We would draw near in full assurance of faith. We would dwell with you in daily experience here on this earth so that we may be accustomed to the glory when we enter heaven to dwell with you there. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my friends, let's, let's invite this work that we may be restored to Him fully, to know Him, and that He might receive the pleasure and satisfaction that He desires with us. Will you stretch out your hand and receive this baton, this baton of truth and life, from all the generations that have gone before us who truly came to know him, and they made him known. For what are these people famous for? They're famous for making him famous. They're famous, if you will, for how they truly, truly provoked the people of God to go with him and to let him have his way. So I pray that you will Uh, Ask Holy Spirit to cause you to know this, not in just instruction, but in true, true experience. Because then there will be much fruit, because we will dwell only in the goodness of God and trust only in the goodness of God. We will not stand alone. We will go into the ground and die that we might produce, and we will not shrink back But we will step forward, as Hebrews 10 says, in fearless confidence and go forward in the days ahead. So think on these things.
I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.